Um, I just want to take a moment just to introduce um, our guest preacher for today. I've been on a, a little bit of a, a time off as I put family first over the past really six weeks, and uh, I'm, I'm anxious to get back in the pulpit, but the, at the same time, I'm anxious to hear Laban speak uh, today as well. Um, he's been a good friend. Uh, he is the pastor of Generation, New Generation Community Church in Harlem, and uh, he has been somebody that I've known for quite some time now. We've been in several cohorts together in training. I love that he's coming to speak today because he and I have shared many uh, coffee drinks together and many conversations together talking about how do we do church differently? What does that look like? How do we think outside of the box to, to see the gospel proclaimed in people's lives and making a difference, being relevant in the community and the neighborhoods that we, we live in? And uh, he and I think a lot uh, in, in those ways. And so I'm thankful for him to come uh, and, and share today. His whole family is here. Uh, I'll let you introduce them because there's like, what, seven, five, seven of them today. So they're in the back. Uh, but they're glad that they're here with us as well. We got like kids all in the back. That's great. I love it. Aunt Jess is back there too. I see you. So that's great. Good stuff. Um, Taylor's going to come and uh, read scripture for us. And uh, as, she, as she comes, I'll just pray um, as we get into God's word. And then as soon as she gets done, you're up, buddy. Um, we're in Jesus in the Psalms yet again. So this will be exciting today. Yes. Psalm 1. How happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked, or stand in the pathway with sinners, or sit in the company of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. He is like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit in its season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. The wicked are not like this. Instead, they are like chafe that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand up in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to ruin. Before I even start, I want to just invite you to meditate on Psalm 1. I want to invite you just to take a second, and if we could put it up on the screen, just meditate on the words of the scripture. Because I think, I think one of the things that, that as a pastor, and I pastor a church, New Generation Community Church in Harlem, so not too far from here, and I actually live down the street from Logan. I met Logan in the back, and he and I are neighbors, I found out. And the beautiful thing about the body of Christ is how we are all God's family, right? God invites us to be united with one another, regardless if you're in Midtown, you're in Hell's Kitchen, or you're in Harlem, you're in Asia, you're in California, wherever you are. I'm excited today because I'm sitting with brothers and sisters. You're, this is like a family reunion, meeting family you've never met before. I know Chris, but this is amazing. And I want to invite you, and, and I, let me rephrase, Jesus is inviting you today. We're reading Psalm 1, and Psalm 1 is one of the wisdom psalms. I know you guys saw the, the beautiful video. I love those Bible project videos uh, about the psalms and got a, a refresher about just what the, the full breadth of the psalms are and how we see the temple through the psalm, all of the good stuff. But this is one of the wisdom psalms. This is one of the psalms where um, God is inviting you to understand and to know his way. I have a phrase that I say often. If you want God's best, who wants God's best in their life? Some of y'all are like, I think so, you know. <laughs> but if you want God's best in your life, there's only one way to have it. 
And it's not by anything that you can think of. There's no ideas you can come up with that will give you God's best except for learning and knowing and doing it God's way. If you want God's best, you got to do it God's way. But sometimes as a preacher, I feel like sometimes we kind of handicap you guys. Because if we do all the, the, the preaching and, you know, so I want you to sit in the scripture. I'm going to give you literally a couple minutes. Maybe we can play a little music underneath. I don't know what we can do. Or we can sit quietly. I want you to take a second and read the scripture. And before I say anything about what is up there, I want to ask you one question. What is God saying to you? What is the Spirit of God communicating to you right now? Because I believe that when we preach, if we've sat in the scripture, God is oftentimes confirming what he may have already spoke to your heart, what he's already placed on your heart. So let's take a second and let's meditate on the word of God. Amen. I hope there's something that God is saying to you. I hope there's something that is resonating with you. I hope that there is something in the scripture that stood out for you. And whatever that is, I want you to just take a hold of that right now. And I want you to, to, to take a second and just reflect on that one piece or those two pieces that may have stood out to you. Maybe it was verse one. Maybe it was verse four. Maybe it was verse six. Whatever part that you felt as you read it and you felt, man, God is... That, or it made you a little uncomfortable, or it pricked your heart a little bit, or maybe it stirred something inside of you. Maybe it reminded you of something God has been saying to you all week. I want you to grasp that right now. I want you to hold on to that right now. I want you to meditate on that right now. And just say really quickly, God, help me to be what you want me to be. Because in this psalm, God is inviting us into this. I, I had an experience this week, and it was uh, Monday or Tuesday morning, Tuesday morning, and I was in bed, <laughs> and I just felt like I should call a brother of mine. And not a, not a brother, brother, but a Christ, you know, family of God brother. And uh, I didn't want to. I was having a bad week, and uh, I called him up anyways, and he happened to be in the neighborhood. And we got together, we were meeting, we were talking, and somewhere towards the end of the conversation, about two hours after we'd been spending time, he looks up and he says to me, bro, I want what you have. And I'm like, what do you mean, what I have? He's like, you know, you and I see you and your family, and I got a family, I got, I got five kids, 
the range in ages from 22 all the way down to six months. I'm a crazy guy, okay? That says a little bit about me, okay? But um, uh, uh, he was saying, bro, I want what you have. And I'm like, I'm like, what do you mean? He says, the joy, I, I see it in you and your family. It, it just seems like, man, there's something about you. Now, he's a Christian. We've been walking together for years. But he was saying, I want what you, I'm like, bro, if you want what I got, I'll show you what, I'll show you how to get it. But what he didn't realize is, for the past 48 hours prior to that, I was hit literally in the stomach with the worst pain I've ever felt in my entire life. A relative of mine was rejecting me. Someone I deeply love was rejecting me. And I woke up that morning crying out to God, God, I don't want to read your word. God, all I could think was, God, could you make this better? God, could you take the pain away? God, I don't want to meet with anybody today. Little did he know that I was dealing with the toughest struggle, one of the hardest battles that I ever felt in my entire life. Tuesday, this is five days ago. But yet he's telling me, I want what you have. You have a joy. And so I said, bro, well, I'll show you you what I have. Just so happens that I'll be preaching Psalms 1 this week, right? And so I opened up the scripture, and we opened it up, and I said, here's what the word of God says. And as we read the wisdom Psalms, Jesus is inviting us into wisdom, into his wisdom, into having an understanding and being able to decide on how we live our life, being able to walk how he walked, being able to do all that he says that we are capable of doing through the power that is in him. I love Philippians 2.13. It says he is working in us, giving us the desire and the power to do what pleases him. And he says here is a picture of what your life can be. And this is not something that Laban gets to have. This is something that we as the body of Christ, we as children of God, we who are adopted into the family of Christ, into the family of God, into the kingdom of God, becoming uh, sons and daughters, beloved sons and daughters, with whom he's well pleased, not because you're good, but because of Jesus. Because Jesus is good, because Jesus is perfect, because Jesus is righteous. That yet while we were still sinners, Christ died for us so that we could become his righteousness. He calls us righteous. He's pleased with us because of our faith in Jesus. And he invites us into a life that is full of Joy, I love how it begins. Oh, the joys of those. Oh, the joys of those. Joy, joy, what is joy? Joy is like a blessed happiness. It's like godly contentment. Joy is like happiness beyond being happy, right? This man was seeing me and he saw some type of happiness in me in my darkest moment of life. It's not something I can manufacture from within. It wasn't even something that I realized I was exuding. It was beyond me, it's beyond me. It says, oh, the joys of those, that's us, if we choose, this is a choice. And sometimes when you see things in scripture and you're like, okay, I have a choice to do it, but I don't really wanna do it, 
because I don't really want to do what it requires of me to do it. We have to call on Jesus, but God, I know this is who you want me to be, so help me to do it. I need your power. I need you to give me the desire. Because I know you're going to want the rest of what this says. But it says, oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. God is saying, I have called you out of the world. Yes, you're still in the world, but I've called you out. I've called you to be separate. I've made you a citizen of heaven. You're still in, you're still in the earth. But when you decided to follow Jesus, I made you a citizen of heaven. I changed your citizenship. You're now an alien here. I've called you out. I've set you apart. And here's what that, that looks like. Do not follow the advice of the wicked. The wicked, who is the wicked? Those who have chosen not to follow God. Those who are in rebellion and opposition to God. Those who have chosen, I'm not going to put my faith in Jesus. I'll put my faith in me. Maybe they don't do a whole lot of bad things. And maybe a lot of good people. But they've chosen to oppose God. And God is saying to us, do not follow their advice. Or stand around with sinners. Or join in with mockers, those who are, who are rebelling against God, those who are shaking the fist at God, those who are making a mockery of God and his people. He says, separate yourself. Now, this is a hard thing. Because we have churches where we're calling the people of God to be like Jesus, and to be a physical incarnation into the lives of the ungodly so that we can be a beacon of hope, so that we can be the light, so that we can allow the light to shine through us. So how then, God, do you want me to separate myself while being missional, while being on mission? God, this is impossible. But he's called us to be in the world, but not of the world. And so we don't follow the advice of the world. We follow the wisdom of God. Where, 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 where is this advice? And sometimes we think maybe it's a physical space where we're around people who are, who are clearly ungodly. But maybe it's in a virtual space. Maybe there's people on your Instagram feed right now that you need to unfollow because all they're giving you you're going to leave out of this church today after receiving the wisdom of God and then go check in to see what the wisdom of the world has been saying that you missed out on for an hour. And God is saying, no, separate yourself. I have something better for you. I have the life that I originally intended back in the garden before the original sin of Adam. I want to bring restoration. I want to bring renewal to your life. I want to bring hope. I want to give you joy. Do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join the mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord. Who is they? Let's go back to the beginning. Oh, the joy of those. So those who have the joy, they, that's the they, they, Delight in the law of the Lord. 
meditating on it day and night. Whoa. Hold on. So you're saying, Scripture is saying, I can have the godly joy in my darkest moments if I can separate myself, allow myself to be set apart like God has made me, and take his word and meditate on it day and night. Back when this was written, the law was the Torah, right? It was the first five books of the Bible. <laughs> Look what we get. We get, we get the law in, 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 in the entire canon of Scripture. We get the words of Jesus. They were looking forward to Jesus. We get to see the life of Jesus. And then we get the words of those who walk with Jesus. And so, we, so, so we're called into it. God is inviting us. Jesus is inviting us now to be set apart and delight in his word and take it and, and, and receive it and, and chew on it and meditate on it. Not just when you wake up, but when you go to sleep. Not just when you're waking up or sleeping, but in the middle of the day. That same morning when my friend, um, when he and I was hanging out, I mean, I literally woke up. And for the past 48 hours, all I could think of all day long was how bad and how hurt I was. And my every prayer was, God, God, take this away. And I'm just crying, God. And so I wake up on that same morning crying, God, please, this hurts so bad. How could this happen? How could you allow this to happen? God, I can't believe this has happened. God, why would you let this happen to me? And you know what the Holy Spirit said to me? He said, go refresh somebody. I'm like, huh? Scripture says, he reminded me of his word. Sometimes we want to wait until we're in a, a hard place in life to then start meditating on the word. And God is saying, no, meditate on it day and night all the time because there's going to come a time that you're not prepared for, but I will be able to remind you of what I said in my word because you have been meditating on it, and it's going to bring you life and bring you out of your darkest moments. And so he reminded me of scripture in, 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 in Proverbs where it says, he who refreshes others will be himself be refreshed. So he said, get up and go refresh somebody. And the only feeling I had at that moment was, God, I don't want to talk to anybody. I want to lay in my bed. And I wasn't saying this, but I wanted to wallow in my misery. And I had every right to. But because I had been meditating on the scripture in Proverbs, he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. In that moment, he quickened my heart, and I got up out of the bed. I said, okay, I'm going to call my brothers. I've got a couple guys that I talk to every morning, five days a week, Monday through Friday. Made the phone calls. I'm like, okay, guess what just so happens? One of them just happens to be around the corner right now, <laughs> right? I'm like, where are you at, bro? He's like, oh, I'm in your neighborhood. I'm like, oh, okay, God. I guess I'll be refreshing somebody today. Go downstairs, hop in the car. Two hours later, He's asking, where do you get this joy? God refreshed me. Just as he promised he would. If I would 
trust him and to follow him and refreshing somebody else. But it came from meditating on scripture. Meditating on it day and night. What happens to them? Oh, the joys of those who allow themselves to be separated, delighting in the law, delighting in the word of God, delighting in scripture. I don't care if, you, if you're afraid of the Bible. We, in our church, we have a lot of people who are like, oh, I don't want to read the Bible. Oh, I don't want to open the Bible. I'm like, you're missing out. And then if you have people who be like, I'm going to read it. And they'd be like, okay, Genesis chapter 1. It's like, you might not want to start there. I'm going to read the whole Bible. It's like, ah. Uh. Sometimes we try to, you know, we, because we know it's the right thing to do, and we want to just take it all and maybe just start with what you get on Sundays. You just pick up where you left off. or You know what I mean? Don't overwhelm yourself with it. Maybe just meditate on what we do today. But meditate on it day and night. And here's what God promises. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in every season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper. Watch this. In all they do. Can you imagine living life and prospering in everything you do? That prospering, I, so we're American, well, most of us are American, right? And we, so we hear prosper, we're like, yes, I'm going to be rich. And it's like, no, your life will be rich. Your soul will prosper. Your family, you know, and so that word prosper is finding success in. You'll find success in, watch this, everything you do. It's so, it's so amazing. I, I want to show a picture of this scientifically, right? I'm, I'm a, my, my, my degree is in engineering. So I, I think of things in terms of science, and I'm like sweating profusely up here. But I want to show a picture. And I preached this a few years ago, and uh, I ran across, I was studying, like, what does this mean? What does it mean for a tree to be planted along a river? Like, what's the significance of that? There's so many references to agriculture and and, and, and uh, horticulture and uh, arboriculture, uh, plant life. My dad's actually an arboriculturist. I know nothing about plants. But here's what the picture is that's being painted. It's a term called hydro, hydro which is water, tropism. And tropism is this, the involuntary orientation by a plant that involves turning or curving to a stimulus. In other words, Whatever's stimulating that plant underneath the surface, whatever the water source is, its roots are going to grow in that direction. So if the water source, if you, if you take a flower pot and you pour water in it, the water sinks to the bottom until the roots grow down. But if you take a plant or a tree and you put it next to a river, the roots are going to go down and go to the side and curve towards the river. Involuntarily. They naturally, scientifically, biologically, are bent that way because that's where the source of the water is. So what Jesus is inviting us into today, if we can go back to the scripture, is I want to plant you alongside a river. 
a river of, 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 of life that flows through you. It's a picture of the Garden of Eden where there was a tree of life and there was a river. And he's like, I want to bring you back to the, the, the original place. I want to bring you, I want you to right now in, your, in this messed up world to be able to have a life that is heavenly. Planet next to a river where I'm the source for you. Where I'm the source for you. And in every season that you're supposed to bear fruit, you will see fruit. Regardless if there is a drought, everybody else will experience the drought, but you're planted next to the river, you get your source from me, and so you still will be nourished. You still will be refreshed, and you will still be able to experience joy. Oh, the joy of those who are planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in every season. Their leaves never wither. If he knew what was going on in my life at that moment, he would have looked at me and said, why are you not? You need to get on a plane and go handle that. How would you let this happen? There's a million ways we can respond in the world, but God says, I have a better way. In your darkest moment, you can find life in me. In your darkest moment, I will not let your leaves wither away. I will let you prosper in the middle of it. And I got out of that car. <laughs> and it changed the entire course of the rest of my week. I literally, literally stand here today because of that moment. Folks, I couldn't see a way out. I was in the tunnel and I did not see the light at the end of it. I did not want to read scripture. I did not want to pray except for God fix this. But it was the Seeds that have been planted over time. The meditation on God's word over time. That when I needed it most, he was able to provide. He was able to provide. But not the wicked. They're like worthless chaff. Chaff is simply, you know, like you take a kernel of wheat. Well, you got to, to get to that kernel of wheat, you got to cut off the, like the husk, essentially, and so it's like a light thing that just kind of goes inside of the wind. And so it says, they're like the wicked, those who choose not to follow Jesus, those who choose to follow their own way or the world's way or whatever way they come up with tomorrow, they're like worthless shafts scattered by the wind. They fly in whatever direction the wind go, blows. Oh, today we're, 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 you know, we're going to do this, and tomorrow we're going to believe in this, and we have an ideology, a new ideology tomorrow. And we see it in the culture right now. All types of conversations and philosophies and ideologies and doctrines that if we would just sit in the word and meditate on it, we wouldn't be tossed around. 
They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners have no place among the godly. There will be a separation. God has set us apart now, and he will set us apart then. So where are you choosing to put your faith today? The Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. You get to make the choice. The things of the world feel so good. The ways of the world seem so right. The advice of of those who aren't following Jesus, it consumes us. Every election season, and I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat, whichever side you want to be on, they're wrong, (laughs) okay? Where do we find truth? We find it in Jesus. But what happens is we, they tickle our ears with, the, with, with partial truths or doing good or virtue signaling. We hear all these terms, you know what I mean? And it tickles our ears and it makes us feel good that we're doing something good. And then we walk around, but I'm a good person. Well, tell that to God on the day of judgment. He wants to know where did you put your faith? The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. So what good did you do that pleases him except for have faith in Jesus? I want to end in um, Colossians. And I'm, I put a, 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 a small portion on the screen, but I want to read from Colossians chapter 2. Because Jesus is inviting us today. We can have his best. And sometimes if we just do the, if we just are consistent in following him and being around community, because to set apart, to be a set apart from the world means you got to be around somebody. What better place than with the family of God and the people of God? Which is why when we do missions and cleaner, greener, right? We do cleaner, greener in the month of August. We go out together so that we can be in the world but not of the world because there's others that are around us that are reminding us of who we are. So when I step too far over the line, just somebody to hold me accountable, like, hey, you sure you want to go there? And I, I must admit, part of my anger this week was I stepped over the line because when I was hurt and I was trying to have all the godly patience that I can, And I was trying to have all the, you know, just do all the godly things. But it hurt so bad that I eventually lost my temper. And I let them have it. And guess what? It didn't resolve anything. It actually made it a little worse. Why? Because scripture tells us in James, human anger does not produce the righteousness of God. And so the Bible says, be slow to anger. And I felt like I was being slow. I gave it 24 hours. <laughs> My wife is laughing because it's true. God is like, no. That's not the fruit of who you are. 
that's your way. Colossians says this, and then we can close. If the band wants to come up. <laughs> we don't have a band. We do everything online right now. Still, We're still on Zoom, so I'm like, oh, the band. Where's the band? <laughs> so you guys can come up as we read Colossians and close. It says this. I want you to know. Listen, listen to these first words, and, and then part of it will be on the screen. But I'm going to start from verse 1. And Paul's writing. He says, I want you to know how much... I have agonized for you and for the church at Laodicea and for many other believers who have never met me personally. I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. And then he says this, I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan. Which is, watch this, Christ himself. Which is Christ himself. In him lie Hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Everything that you want and hope for that is good in this world, it is found in Christ Jesus, church. It's not on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or whatever platform comes out tomorrow. Unless they're quoting Jesus, unless they're quoting scripture, they can't tell you anything of any value eternally because it's in him that lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I am telling you this so that no one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments. And some of us today are being deceived because we're trying to understand the world through ungodly eyes. And God is saying, no, I want you to understand the world through my eyes. I'm telling you this so no one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments. For though I'm far away from you, my heart is with you, and I rejoice that you are living as you should and that your faith in Christ is strong. I'm here today just to encourage you. Christ invited me today just to encourage you to keep your faith in Christ strong. And then we get to verse 6, and it says, And now, just as you have accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you got to continue to follow him. It's not a one-shot deal, it's a lifetime. Continue to follow him. Let your roots, there we go to that tree again. Let your roots grow down into Christ, into him. 
Allow yourself to be separated from the world. Meditate on this law day and night so that you can be that tree that's planted alongside the river so that your roots can grow towards Jesus. And let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Do not let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. Amen? Amen. Father God, I thank you so much for this opportunity just to share with this Beautiful, beautiful part of your family, part of your great big kingdom. All nations and tongues coming together, one in Christ, Lord God. Thank you for this expression of your kingdom here at One Community Church in this neighborhood of Hell's Kitchen. God, I thank you for your word that is reminding us and encouraging us and stirring us on to be who you called us to be. God, we can't do it on our own. So God, I pray right now. Because we're going to leave out of here, God, and we're going to try to meditate on your word. God, we, right now we want to be separated from the world. Right now we, not, we don't want to follow the advice of the wicked. Right now, Lord God, we don't want to stand around with those who are not following you. But God, how do we live it when we walk out of these doors without your power? without your spirit filling us. So fill us right now with your spirit, Lord God. We can't be who you called us to be without your help. So God, right now we depend on you. We want the life that you, you paid for us. Here in Psalm 1, God, we want to we experience your best. We want to be the trees planted along the river but we need your help. So give us strength where we need strength. Give us courage where we need courage. Give us the desire where we lack the desire. Give us hope where we need hope. So that this world and this community may see Jesus. And that we can invite them into your family. God, as they go out this next month and over these next few weeks, give them the courage to share their stories about you. God, I pray that they would be like Jesus. I pray that they would be Christ-like as they go out into this world. Eating and drinking. 
just as you, Lord Jesus, came eating and drinking but with intention. to draw everyone they need into a relationship with you. Thank you for this pastor. Thank you for his wife. Thank you for this new baby. God, I pray a blessing over their life. Protect them and strengthen them and bring encouragement. We ask it all in your precious and your mighty name, Jesus. Amen.